Hello, and welcome to The Unique CPA. I'm your host, Randy Crabtree. The goal of our show is to keep you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. The Unique CPA podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guests are Tom Parker and Lane Bodily. You may remember Tom and Lane were on the podcast a little over a year ago. We started a series that we were calling the Nuts and Bolts series where we were following their firm. Last year, they were a year plus into a new firm where they had three partners, Tom, Lane, and uh, Tyler, who's not on the show, but the three of them took over another firm. We decided we'd do a podcast where we watch the progression of this firm over the years. So this is version two of the nuts and bolts series of, of FBP, which is their firm name. It's in a firm, a CPA firm in Itasca, Illinois. Today, there's a bunch of things we're going to want to discuss. Uh, but before we get into that, Tom, Lane, welcome back to the Unique CPA. Hey, thanks. Yep, thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. So I want to kind of recap what we talked about last year. But before we do that, there's obviously, well, not obviously, obviously to you and I, because we've talked about this, but there's been a major impact that's happened in the firm this last year. And I think before we go further and recap last year, let's talk about what happened in, in Lane. Um, you know, what I found out and recently and, and what we just talked about is, is you were diagnosed with cancer. So do you want to uh, give us an update on that? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, as far as um, what we planned on doing for the last year, this was not in the was not in the cards, obviously. Right. You know, long story short, the initial impact was worse than than it ended up actually being in the long run. The expectation of life expectancy and and things like that, just dealing with the emotions of it all, took a bit of a toll at the beginning. Luckily, Tom and Tyler were really cool about it. You know, it was it was you know take care of yourself, get get back on your feet, and um, you know, without going into all the details, I'm at a point now where We've had some procedures done, and um, I'm never going to not have cancer unless there's a cure, you know, unless I live that long. But uh, it's also something that's that's very manageable at this point. So, you know, been working full time other than chemo. Right. You know, working full time, getting stuff done. It's been a bit of an adjustment working from home, especially last year with my immune system being being a little lower. Yep. This year, and this is kind of new going forward, the new chemo that I'm on, it's not quite as... as uh, taxing on me. So, you know, I'm getting out to clients more. I'm going to the office more. So trying to get back to a bit more normal. But uh, yeah, that's been, you know, everything we plan on doing that's been part of the part of the change of the plans has been this this thing happening. Yeah, well, understandable. It's uh, as I think you guys know, I was through a, a dramatic health event in some time in my life and it takes over. So I can understand that 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 can definitely take over where you are, especially the what you've been going through. So so as we talk today, obviously that's gonna be in the background of of where we came or where we went. Did we accomplish everything we wanted to? And if not, you know, why and how and what are we going to do going forward? So, so Lane, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and, you know, believe me, you'll be in my thoughts and some prayers and, and, you know, I hope everything, I hope this is a, I hope you outlive the cancer and the <laughs> cancer, uh, you know, we talked about that, you know, people are living longer with that. And, you know, as long as you can manage it and the way that medicine is progressing these days, yeah, you never know what tomorrow brings as well. So, so well, good luck with all that. Thanks. That being said, let's go back year one of this. We, we recorded just over a year ago. 
you know, you guys were what a year and a half, two years into the firm at that time. Is that accurate? Pretty close. Yeah, about a year. Yep. Okay. All right. And, and, uh, but for a majority of that time, we were also in the pandemic. And so it was a unique situation and we still, we still obviously are at this point, but some of the things we talked about is just that whole transition. You three took over the firm from three other partners, you know, how you went from, you know, trying to incorporate a one firm approach to working with clients. Is that still a key factor of what you guys are looking to do as you go forward? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, mean, I think we've done a decent job at it. Yeah, it is hard with some of the existing clients that were already there and like the routines that they were used to kind of peeling that back. But, you know, when, when you add staff, you know, the partners push their work to the staff, which is which has been you know pretty successful. Tom and I do a lot of work with with mutual clients. Um, Tyler's getting more into it. He was already inundated with what was already there. So that's where the, some of the challenges as far as blending all the clients together, making the one firm approach. Right. But um it's still a goal. And I think we've made some decent, decent progress. I'm not saying we did a perfect job, but I think it's, it's maintained. So you are on that. That is the plan. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, that, that's definitely the plan. I think it's um, worked really well with new clients that we've brought in. Um, I think from the beginning, we can kind of explain, Hey, we have different expertises between the three of us and our staff. So much easier with new staff or new clients coming on board. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're on that path. We're doing the integration. We are, you know, new clients. It's easier with, and we're converting old clients as well. Okay, so that that's great. I just want to make sure. Kind of want to recap a few things we talked about. Make sure we're on the path, and if not, what changed and why. So, I, when another thing we talked about last year was partner roles, and you guys had three distinct roles you had mentioned last year to me, which. Uh, Tom, you I think, and you guys could correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, you were, you were pretty heavy on the business development side, Tyler on the internal controls and laying on the just building out the service offerings. Is that the continuing the same types of roles? Yeah, I would say for the most part, um, I think Lane's kind of shifted a little bit to helping with more of the internal controls or like marketing type pieces to make sure that we keep the ball moving forward on those. Yep. Yeah, the, you know, the thing is before especially with the CFO offerings, I was probably going to be like, you know, really into developing that. And I still am developing it with the clients that I have. But, you know, speaking of things that, that have changed with staying, you know, working from home, it's harder to do some of that stuff to the degree that I wanted to. So I've had to shift over and do a lot more like internal things that I don't find as exciting, but have to be done. So, you know. <laughs> All right. But, but you're on the, you're on that same path. The other thing is we, we did discuss last year, is there a managing partner and there really isn't, there wasn't, are you evolving towards that? Or are we still doing the three person approach to managing the firm? Um, it's, we don't have an official managing partner, but I think Tom's played that role um, pretty well this last year, as far as someone kind of being the point guard who's in the office and, you know, keeps things organized, going the right way. It's not on his card, but if, if there's an evolution happening, it's probably, you know, it's Tom. All right. Well, that's, I, I kind of assume that that kind of would evolve as you guys grow and as you see what everybody's role is. And then, and then just one last thing on partners in, in general, you know, we talked about, you know, you guys wanted to work on a comp structure right now was pretty much one third, one third, one third equally. Are we still down that same path or are you working on this compensation structure? We've stayed at the one third, one third, one third for now. And we're eventually going to probably change that. But uh, I don't think we have any immediate plans right now. There's just too much on our plate to uh, to worry about that. The pie happens to be big enough. That I think we're all happy. Right. Okay. All right. 
And then one last thing, and we'll touch on some other things from last year as we go into this year too. But one thing I wanted to touch on last year, because you did talk about this as we were discussing that you had this business plan coming in, you know, even be, think before this deal happened, you two had put a plan together. And then with Tyler, you were adjusting plan. And you talked about, you felt when we discussed it last year, you felt there was a need to really update that business plan. Has that specifically happened or just more mentally or where you're in that situation? That kind of stalled out. I mean, that's one of the things that um, even with your compensation question, you know, the business plan should theoretically like lead to certain goals. And then we each partner would have goals and some of your compensation would be based on achieving those goals and how to help the firm, things like that. This last year has been crazy. I mean, a lot of, a lot of it really like the plan itself, I think I was going to be the one more in charge of it. So, you know, I, that got kind of pushed aside a little bit. Right. But um, it's not something that we've given up on either. I mean, I think it's important. What's What's been nice actually, and I'm not saying this is a replacement for having an actual business plan, but it turns out, you know, Tom Tyler and I, when we have meetings about things that might be plan related, we really see eye to eye on a lot of things. So having a plan to reference back to you is like, you know, here's the thing we agreed on, therefore we should do it. Right. We haven't quite needed that um, yet. I mean, we, we'll need it going forward and the bigger we get, the more important it will become. But, you know, we don't we don't have it in place yet, but we haven't given up on it. Yeah, I mean, we still meet like on every other week basis for a partner meeting. So I think that really helps with at least keeping the ball going forward on a lot of the objectives that we've had. We just don't necessarily have something written down on paper right this second. Okay. And that's what I was going to ask because I knew you had these weekly meetings. Weekly, I thought, but every other week now, is that there? Well, it's around my stupid chemo, so... Yeah, well, that's unfortunate, yeah. uh, um, but but at least you're continuing the meetings. And one thing I want to, this is just my personal, I'm going to interject on in there. It's great that you guys are all on the same page with a lot of things. It's also, to me, in my mind, can be a detriment at times because if you have everybody that is just thinking the same way, uh, how do you get new ideas? And that's me personally. I, I It took me a long time to realize that, that having people that disagree with me is actually good because I'm not always right. And just as a, as a side note, that's a thing I talk about a lot lately when I'm talking to other people. Yeah. Well, luckily we were always right. So I think, <laughs> yeah. We, and the ones that disagree, we just fire. It's really easy. It's, yeah. <laughs> so we just do it that way. <laughs> All right. Maybe not the best. Is plan, that bad? But... All right. Next year, we'll, we'll do have better answers next year about that one. Right. But you guys, you know, you go your own path. That's fine. Um, all right. So let's talk about then, you know, we obviously talked about this year and a major effect with what Lane is dealing with, but you know, overall, how has this last year gone? Personally, I think it's gone pretty well. I mean, especially considering what we've been up against with the pandemic ongoing, me getting sick, um, other, you know, that, that being kind of the background, the firm has still grown. Um, the clients have still, you know, like even, even my clients that, at first, I was I was a little nervous about not being able to go out and see them as much. They've been super accommodating to me. I mean, one thing about having cancer is it's amazing how people rally behind you. Yep. And you know, clients, clients, my, a lot of my clients are also friends. You know, like when when you get to these CFO roles where you're really where you're really involved with their business, it ends up crossing over as well, where it becomes a little bit personal and you're friendly and you know about their family, things like that. So um, they've been really kind to me as far as as how that goes and. So I've been able to even increase my business working for mostly from home. Tom can't stop finding clients. Tom finds too many clients. <laughs> um, it's actually hard to get all the work done sometimes. So I think the year's gone gone really well, considering what we were up against. Well, let's talk about the too many clients because you know if Tom's out finding clients, obviously the next question is, are you finding employees? 
So oh. are you able to, as you, Lane, you said, you know, too many clients. So I assume, have you been able to add employees and how's that gone? We've added a few. We've had some, uh, I guess, mixed results. We had some people that we added last year that have already taken other jobs. I mean, it just, I think we're having the same struggles a lot of our clients are, but we're still working towards it. We've actually been working with our like marketing team over the last couple months to make sure that we've got stuff kind of lined up and we're trying to get in front of uh, more colleges for recruiting in the fall. So we're trying to line up the schedules for that. We did a couple of virtual ones, had a little bit of success. Um, we have a in, couple interns lined up for this summer. So I think we're starting to build that pipeline, but hopefully, uh, hopefully we can keep it, keep it stocked, I guess, going forward. Yeah, that is a major impact just about, and that's not just public accounting. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's everybody, you know, I'm, I hate hearing the great resignation of the great, whatever you want to call it, the redistribution or of employees, but there is, it is real. It is happening. And, and the funny thing that I, not funny, the thing that I hear is, I mean, there's people leaving firms like in the middle of tax season, even. Right. I'm like, I don't know how that, I mean, I'm old school. You didn't do that. Yeah. Um, that, that's what kind of got us. We had a person leave, not, not during tax season, but so close to it that there was no way to replace that person. Right. And like you're saying, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a time where it's appropriate to leave an accounting firm and there's a time when it's like not appropriate. Right. I understand that, you know, I read, I read these forums and I hear like how people talk, the younger, younger people. I'm not exactly old, but <laughs> you know, your employers and care about you. You shouldn't care about them. Go ahead and leave. They're not, you know, your, their best interest is their own, not yours, things like that. And you hear this, it's very cynical. I think what's being said. And uh, you know, in reality, we take pretty good care of our employees. And you know, when, when they, when they kind of just, just bail like that at a time that you're going to need them coming up. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's very, um, I don't think it's cool. Yeah. So, no, it's unfortunate. Yeah. And I think that part of that, I think, is why we built out, like we spent some of last year building out like a path to partners. So when people come on board, they understand what expectations are for each position in the firm and kind of how you could progress inside the firm. So we're really trying to be transparent with the staff, make sure they understand, hey, here's where we see ourselves going in the next whatever, 18 months, we can't really go further out than that. I feel like we're constantly changing our goals too, as the owners, as the firm evolves. So right. trying to be as transparent as we can and make sure people know what the goals are for everybody. Yep. And I saw that. Yeah, I appreciate you sending me that PDF on your path to partnership, which I found really interesting. And, you know, we had talked a little before the show started that you guys are both uh, at least have gone through some portion of Upstream Academy's emerging leaders, which I don't know if that's based off of that, because I know they talk about that uh, with, with Sam Allred and his group. But besides path to partnership, was that specifically broken out? Okay, here's path to manager. Here's path to supervisor. Because yeah. what I found out and I was always surprised about, not everybody wants to be a partner. So do you take that into account when you're talking with people? Yeah. So so first of all, with, with Upstream Academy, I think everything Tom and I do is, is in some way influenced by that. Um, we went to a lot of those their talks or even if it was something else, but they were, they were speaking at it, Tom and I would always make sure to go. So I can't say enough good things about that group, but um, for our path to partnership, it is actually, so the, the intent was, this is one of the things that I had to do because I couldn't leave the house. So we, we hired an outside consultant, first of all, because we, we recognize that, you know, we're not going to be the best people to put this together the right way. So we had an outside guy working with us. We met every other week and yeah. So the, the goal was to say like, not just, here's how to be a partner, but here's how to go from a new hire to like a senior, from a senior to a supervisor, from a supervisor to a manager. And we've tried to make sure that the tasks and the, and the, a bit, you know, the sort of their strength in each role progress in a natural way as they go through these things. 
and you're right. Not everybody wants to be a partner. So one of the things that I'm not sure if it's in the in the PDF or not, but that we communicate, you know, we're not showing this to people to overwhelm them right. and say, here's what you have to do if you want to be successful at our firm. You have to do all these things and progress and be a partner someday. But w- what we're saying with this is if you want to be uh, a manager, here's what a manager looks like. If you can achieve this level of, of expertise and um, organization, then then you can be a manager. And if you don't want to go past the manager, you don't really have to. And in fact, I think it's better sometimes you can't have everybody want to be a partner at the same time. Right. I mean, you kind of need people that want to stay at a, at a certain level. So we don't put the pressure on them. I hope they don't feel that there's any pressure. I don't think that they do. But uh, we tried to make it pretty detailed, though, as far as what each role looks like. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I didn't read it word for word, but I went through it and I, I was impressed that they had that in place. So to me, you're putting the the tools in place to to continue to build this firm and be successful. Let's continue on employees for a second in general, because this was a concern last year and you know, pandemic being a big part of it. That and, and Lane, I think you specifically said that that you were, you know, concerned that and well, Tom, you too, that you know, how do you keep up your corporate culture while you know, there was so much remote work going. And how do you do these? You know, you guys wanted to concentrate on doing charitable work with your employees and just having, you know, fun events with employees. You know, as you know, we had a little uh, downswing in, in, in the pandemic last summer. Were you able to start doing these things or do you have them in place now as well? Yeah, we've, we've been able to keep up with the charity day, charitable days and uh, we've got some plans in place. So our office managers working on already setting up some for this year. We're trying to do at least once a quarter, trying to get ideas from the employees to make sure that we're doing things that everyone wants to support. And we're not just delegating, I guess. We're not just I just go into dog charities all day. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I would choose. Dog charities. I am OK with dog yeah. charities as well. <laughs> How about just the the fun, you know, camaraderie building? Let's go out for you know a, a top golf or you know things like that. Have you been able to do anything like that with everybody? Uh, yeah, we've done some of that. Um, last fall, we actually had like a firm wide pig roast, and everyone's families were invited, so that was that was fun. It was good to see everybody, and everyone kind of get to meet spouses and kids. And I think uh, trying to do something with the whole firm and families, like at least once a year, is is good. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to try to keep doing that, something along the lines of that. So, well, I think those are important to build this culture when it's so competitive right now for employees to, you know, have these things that are not just work related, but have the fun related. Let's all get along. Let's let's learn about each other outside of the office as well, and what our passions are. I think one of the things that we're that we do that Tom's done a really good job with is organizing these events that are like scheduled and people come to them, and I think they like them. I haven't gone to a lot of them, but what we're missing, and this is just the pandemic, is some of the ad hoc stuff where it's like, hey, let's get some beers, you know, like after work. Right. This is the pandemic. People, you know, so there's been there's been some still problems. Not I don't want to say problems, but it's been harder to do some of that stuff. But uh, I think that this things open up more and more. I mean, people at our office do get along really well. I'm not there all the time, but if I hear the stories. The bullpen gets you know animated with people talking and. Um, everyone has really nice personalities in our firms. So there's not a lot of drama. I actually had an employee yesterday just telling me like how it's nice to work here because there's just not that like dramatic employee or the dramatic boss or the person who's yelling or whatever. So right. it, it is a nice culture. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not because I'm kind of removed being at home a lot. I'm not sure if, how much like friendships are developing necessarily. That that'll happen more if we can go out a little more often. Right. But um, like Tom's saying, I mean, we we have been we have been sticking to it, and it's still a priority of ours. Nice. 
Yeah, actually, I, on that point, my wife and I, we have a four and a half and a two and a half year old. So we've been doing, uh, like we go to a McDonald's or something, grab happy meals and then go to a local brewery for like a happy hour uh, on Friday nights. And we, I've gotten some of the staff to come out and hang out. So they'll bring their kids or whatever. And we get to do kind of more of that ad hoc. Uh, we're trying to get back into to doing that kind of thing. So, yeah. So your local brewery that was right across down the road from you, that's not open, is it? Uh, no, they're they're gone. They are gone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. We've that's been supporting Church Street uh, Brewing in Itasca or uh, Pollyanna's uh, Roselle location of late. Okay. Yeah, both good breweries for sure. All right. Let's talk about some more things you did this year. And we're probably going to go along this year, but that's fine. Let's talk about more, a few more things, because not only did you do the path to partnership, uh, you put together a, a client onboarding worksheet that, that you use, I'm assuming, as you bring in new clients, one uh, of you want to expand on that and what it means to the business. Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, when a client comes on board, I guess that worksheet is just to make things more organized where you're not asking them for stuff 10 times over the course of like two weeks when you're working on their on their work. It's not it's not an overly complicated worksheet. And something else we've done too as far as onboarding goes, we sort of centralize it to our office manager for the most part. Obviously, you know, Tom meets someone, I meet someone. We have to do that initial step of of talking about our firm and, and selling the idea of being a client of ours. Right. But once they come on board, you know, I'm not doing my onboarding. Tom's not doing his onboarding and Tom's not doing his onboarding. And then the staff too would find clients sometimes. It, it just becomes a, a mess and things aren't consistent. So, you know, we have a really, really good office manager and um, we let him run it. So you just tell him, hey, here's this client, at least from my perspective, at least it's, I'm, maybe Tom's going to gonna tell me later, hey, do some more work. But <laughs> I just say, hey, I send an email, Matt, meet Joe. And I just sit back and let it all happen. And, and it seems to just work like clockwork. So. Yeah, it's been really, really good for the pipeline of like, putting that together and having Matt kind of be the centralized piece for the onboarding. Um, we use HubSpot as like our pipeline. So Matt and I meet every other week to make sure things are moving along. Um, and then depending on the size of the engagement, I think the sheet you're specifically referring to is more for when we're onboarding uh, a pretty involved CFO level type client where we have essentially trying to map out like the first 12 months and say, okay, aren't in the first three months we're trying to accomplish X, Y, Z, in the next four to six months, here's the here's the next set of goals. And then um, a lot of it's usually centered around, okay, here we're, we're going to review tax returns, make sure there's no amendments or anything that need to be done. Uh, let's look at some budgeting. Let's look at uh, cash flow planning, uh, figure out, hey, what's your strategy? What, what do they want to try to accomplish in the next five years? And how do we start laying out that groundwork? So um, I guess there's different onboarding tracks depending on the level of client and what they're looking to accomplish. Got it. Yeah. And, you know, so speaking of the CFO thing, since I was talking about the wrong document a second ago, I was like, man, this is a really simple sheet. Why are we, why are we mentioning this? <laughs> this? A CFO onboard is actually kind of hard because you're walking into a client and the expectations can be all over the place. So that document helps them understand it's not going to be like, you know, we're there for a week and suddenly things are different. I, I feel like every CFO engagement goes well eventually, but you got to give us a couple months to kind of, you got to just sort of trust us. Let us in there for a couple of months. We need to get our bearings. We need to see what you've been up to. I need to understand what you, you know, what your products are, who the company, what the identity of the company is, um, what are your goals. It takes a little bit to build that up. So that onboarding sheet is is really nice actually for for the new clients to say, all right, you know, I'm I'm excited to to have a CFO type presence in my company, but I shouldn't expect that you know it's March right now and by May things are going to be totally different. They're they're not, but in a year they might be, or not totally different, but you know what I mean, different. 
Right. And um, so it's, it's good to set that expectation from the very beginning. Right. Let's talk about the CFO services for a second then. So niche is a thing I love talking about. And so if we if you guys had a niche, would this be a niche within the firm or is it just another service within the firm? I think it's a niche. I think we're pretty good at it. I think it's a niche. Yeah. All right. And and is there, you know, a percentage of new business is this coming from CFO services? Is this what we're concentrating on? I mean, as far as my new business, it's almost been exclusively that. I don't get a lot of like one-off tax returns anymore. Okay. Yeah, I guess um, more of the smaller stuff is kind of funneled through myself or other staff where it comes through some myself and Matt, and then we figure out what level of staff should be working with it. And then the CFO type engagements is usually Elaine, Tyler, or I involved in it. Percentage-wise, it's huge because, I mean, one of those engagements is a sixty dollars to $100,000 engagement as opposed to a $1,000, 1040 So right, right. it's definitely the biggest chunk of what we're trying to bring in. And, I, and we like that work because it's uh, more steady throughout the year. You don't have the uh, onslaught of tax returns right. and compliance work uh, usually. I mean, we just onboarded, well, we're six months into the engagement now, but they had nine entities one set up wrong where we consolidated tax returns so that we're only doing four instead of nine. It just, there's a lot of work that went into looking at what 2020 was done. And then we didn't get in until September, October. So now we're working with the attorneys. So 21 is still kind of a, a little bit of a mess. And then 22, we'll finally be able to get everything kind of streamlined. And it just really depends on timing when those engagements start and how quickly the client wants to respond and make decisions too, because we, we can give guidance, but we can't make the final calls on, on how things are going to be structured going forward. And then, and then one thing we talked about last year that, uh, Tom, you didn't know what I was talking about was uh, three-tier pricing. And, and it looks like based on this one CFO services, you do have that. It's like, here's this service, there's this service, this, that service level, and each one has more offerings in it. And I assume that they're, they're priced differently as well. Yeah. Um, I think we're getting better with having a more consistent, uh, quoting process, but it, it is really hard. I mean, you get the, you get the client come in that is a dental client and they've got one office and they want someone doing basically accounting services and tax returns and that's about it. And then there's other ones where, hey, we're a dental office and we got 10 offices and we need help budgeting and figuring out when we're opening up our next location or whatever that project is. So the pricing is is very different. And I think at one point we were like, okay, well, let's put pricing to it. But I think we realized that there's so wildly different every time you bring someone on that we're it's individualized individually now. Yeah, like I would love to have like a bookkeeper price, a controller price, and a CFO price. I think that it's it's a natural way of like categorizing these things. But like Tom said, even a bookkeeper, you know, do you, do you have a thousand transactions a month or do you have like twenty? I mean, yep. the price is just so it's just so customized. And I know you know to to clients, I hope it doesn't sound like a cop out when you say that. Like, well, I'll tell you the price once I see a little more information. I mean, right? I, you can tell them the hourly rate, and you can tell them, hey, we've got a lot of clients that are happy with our prices. Yeah. But you really can't just put a price on things and, and let, until you see what's going on. Well, are you guys familiar with Ron Baker? I feel like I, I want to say yes, because we always say no, and I feel like we're ignorant, but yeah. no. All right. Well, Ron Baker is like the pricing guru, and he you know, probably defined the value pricing you know, model years ago. 
and he, he's out, you know, preaching pricing for CPA firms. And his new model is subscription pricing that he's going to talk about. In fact, plug alert here, uh, Ron Baker is going to be on the unique CPA virtual conference that is going to be uh, out November 30th and December 1st of 2022. And Ron will be one of the speakers, but I would highly recommend listening to Ron and his discussion on pricing because he's, it's, it's, my mind gets a little blown hearing how he's uh, uh, talking about this subscription pricing, but, but he swears this is the way to go in the future. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely take a, take it into consideration and, and see what he's got to say. Yeah. You know, anything that can make billing and quoting easier because you do, you do spend a lot of time doing both those activities. So yep. I'm yeah. interested. Yeah. With one of the uh, newer CFO clients that we embodied that one that's got a bunch of stuff that we've been working on over the last six months, we basically just came to an agreement, $10,000 a month for the first six to nine months. And then we'll figure out whether we're way over, way under, or if we're somewhere in the middle. So I'm, that September's our, or sorry, March is our sixth month. So he was just asking me and we're going to do a review and see where we're at. I think we've priced it just about right, but okay. uh, we'll see. But I think a lot of the heavy lifting is done. So we'll adjust going forward probably. Hopefully he's not listening. Right. <laughs> it sounds like subscription pricing somewhat. It just then we're going to dial it in. We're learning as we go. Yeah. So, so it sounds like for this year, the last year, it's, I think it's been like 13 or 14 months since we talked, things have progressed. You've grown. You have new procedures in place, new policies in place. You put new, uh, you've obviously had a huge uh, hurdle to get over with what Lane is going through, but it sounds like it's been progressing nicely. What else, anything else that uh, happened this last year that you'd like to highlight? I know Lane worked on uh, onboarding, like a, a personnel onboarding uh, training yeah. program. So I think, uh, we have yet to actually put it to use, but uh, I think we're excited to try to get that done because I think that was a huge piece because before you'd hire someone and you just throw them into some engagements and you see to sink or swim right. and we needed more structure around that. So, I mean, Lane, if you want to expand on that. Yeah, I mean, the, the onboarding that we have, and we can send you a copy if you're at all interested, but it's, it's pretty detailed. Um, it's a weekly type thing. Everybody has a mentor. Um, people, it, we have different onboarding for, if you're at like right out of college, cause especially out of college, those are the ones needed the most, but you know, even someone who's been somewhere else for five years, they're doing, you know, they know things how they used to do it. And we might do things a little bit differently, especially procedure wise, obviously taxes are taxes, accounting is accounting, but you know, where do we put stuff? How do we move work along? Who do you talk to? Um, so we want to, the goal is if someone comes to work for us, we want them to come out of the first couple of months and saying, I felt like I was really taken care of. I know I always knew what I should have been doing. I always knew how I was doing. I remember when I started working, one of my one of my biggest questions was always like, am I good at this or bad at this? I don't mm -hmm. even know. Like I'm just <laughs> doing stuff and it goes somewhere else. Are they changing everything or, or was it mostly right? Um, and that's that's not to fault anyone who was there. It's just, you know, processes develop over time. Right. And so, you know, our goal is that someone comes in, they feel really kind of taken care of. And really the onboarding process into an, into becoming, you know, a really functional accountant a little bit faster because um, we have training set up for them to learn things, you know, before tax season starts rather than just throwing them in tax season, they've already done all the tax season procedures. I'm not saying they're perfect at it, but they've at least seen it. And then from there, the part the path to partner, I mean, really a person who comes into our firm should be taken care of for the first couple of months onboarding and then really just see their entire career kind of unravel if they want to, if they're interested in that kind of thing. So that was kind of like the, it kind of connects all the dots. Yep. Maybe not unravel, but roll out in front of them or something. <laughs> yeah. Is unravel a bad word? <laughs> I don't know. To me, it is. Maybe I'm okay. wrong. Like, um, it's like it's falling apart. <laughs> I think my career unraveled a little bit, but maybe, maybe, maybe roll out's better. 
Maybe I look at it differently. So I, yeah, I, yeah you, I know what you meant. So it's out. It, the path is there in front of them, and they see it. Yeah, exactly. All right. So then, how about goals for this coming year that we need to see if we can hold you accountable for when we uh, talk again in a year from now? Is there things that you're putting in place right now that you want to see implemented before the next year's up? Uh, I think something we're talking about is um, a little bit. You know, as we're getting a little bit large, not that we're large, but as we're getting bigger a little bit more department type focus, you know, right now, kind of everybody works on everything. We, yep. we have some employees that work on certain stuff, but almost just because that's how it worked out. And it wasn't really intentional. So I think we're trying to focus more on, especially like 1040 type work versus corporate type work, getting someone in charge of, of the 1040, 1040, like let's call it department or division would really help, help us out because what happens during this time of year, especially in March, is you have when you get all these CFO clients, they don't go away during tax season. Mm -hmm. So if you're busy in July, you're really busy in March. Right. And what happens is that those clients are a lot of times at a higher level. So so me, Tom, Tyler are more involved. And then you got these 1040, 1040s coming in and these reviews that are piling up. And it's just like really hard to stay on top of it all. So we're talking about getting more of a of a system with uh, you know, a really qualified person in who can be in charge of 1040 reviews. There's going to be some that we always have to look at, you know, the really complicated ones, but most 1040s aren't going to be, you know, at that level. They're going to be basic 1040s, maybe a schedule C here and there, stuff like that. So keeping that moving without having to do every, every little bit of work at a partner level will be, would be one of, that's, we don't have an exact roadmap on how it's going to, how that's going to play out. Yep. But as far as 2022 goes, that's something we've all kind of talked about and agreed on that we probably need to you know, look into it. More departmental focused uh, groups mm -hmm. on certain areas. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that next year for sure. Anything right. else we should be talking about for next year? Hopefully this mentorship program is actually rolled out and, and functional and we're hiring people. Right. The new hires. Have getting good how feedback on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. If we if we get if we think it's so good, if we get some new hires and they get they say, "Hey, I didn't really like this." I'm like, wow, it took a lot of time to put that together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll definitely bring that up next year. And the one thing I heard about this last five minutes of discussion is, I guess I know what I'm doing at the end of next tax season, reviewing 1040s. I'm not cheap, but I'll I'll be out there helping you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, come on over. <laughs> we got a spot. We got a seat for you. Yeah, we'll take it. Do you do you do you need anything to do like in the next three weeks? We'll take you right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we may talk about that after this call. <laughs> um, I actually am pretty busy, but uh, I, I, at some point in time, I could see myself doing that. You know, having too much fun to not do what I'm doing right now. So you're getting famous, you're going to be too big for us. So. <laughs> It's uh, I, I, for some reason my name is getting out there places, but it's we're just having fun. It's it's a good time. Well, I I wanna I wanna thank you guys for doing this. We got uh, one thing I want to tell you. People are going to get CPE for the discussion we just had right now too. We are putting the podcast, and you know, uh, by the time this is released, it'll be out there, I'm sure. But on Earmark, which is a new service that turns podcast into continuing education, and so you just conducted a CPE class for uh, for CPAs. Congratulations. I want to apologize to all of you guys. Then. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't better. <laughs> yeah, no feedback, please. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's right. And you're going to have these Reddit streams about you now, and you're going to be all over TikTok and Instagram and whatever. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. Well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to see the progress. I'm sad to hear what you're dealing with, Lane, but I'm hoping for the best with everything. And, and good luck in the next uh, three and a half weeks of tech season. Any final thoughts from either of you? I don't think so. Thanks for having us on. It's it's fun talking to you and look forward to doing it next year too. We will do it again. Yeah, appreciate the time, Randy. Thank you very much. Next year when you're working at our company, we'll actually just go in the conference room, put a tape recorder down. I, yeah, great. well, the thing is, I, I my new plan, and it started this year, is I go out of town uh, January and February. So I'm I'm not available till March, but I guess that's 1040 That's time. the 1040 start yeah, rolling yeah, in. That's, that's good. Fine. Exactly. We'll plan for it. Thank you for joining us today. And you can find all the links and show notes for today's episode, as well as more about Trimerit at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode, where we'll be going beyond compliance into forging new pathways of delivering value to clients, diversifying your revenue streams, and leading edge management techniques and styles. 